Welcome to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. We're really glad you're here. Whoever you are, wherever you're at, join us on the journey. Okay, I'm at a crossroads. I have a 12-page sermon and I have a one-page sermon. I'm going to give you the one-page sermon. If you want the full 12-page sermon, you can email me and get it afterwards, okay? So I'm not feeling the call to stand here and preach the way I might normally preach. I want to be in a bit of a conversation with you, Sarah. Don't worry, I'll put this back later when you need it. We're talking about crossroads, and I want to share some. This is the 12-pager for later. Um, Some of what I'm thinking about it, because I've overthought it. Let us pray. Thanks for Tina, for Tina's reminder that we're called to our truest self. Thanks for the reminder that we are blessed no matter who we are. Give thanks for a safe place to be real and open. Give thanks that you know us just as we are and welcome the fullness of our life to be lived. May it be so. Amen. Last week, uh, our, our preacher, Andrea, uh, looked at the crossroads because that was the theme of our regional meeting was crossroads. And we wanted to pick up that theme realizing that crossroads is a big topic for all of us. And as soon as I uh, heard this at the regional event, I thought about Scott Peck's book, The Road Less Traveled. Do you know the first line of that book that was written in 1978 is this, it's a great line, life is difficult. It's probably all you really need to hear and affirm that life is difficult. And it looks at that Robert Frost poem of The Road Less Traveled. And The Road Less Traveled, two paths diverged in a wood, I could go one way, go to the other. I took the road less traveled, and that made all the difference. Now, some people saw that poem as a call to radical individualism, leave everybody else behind. But as I did some research on it, they say that, uh, that Robert Frost wrote this poem, and before it became popular, he sent it to his friend, who was uh, Edwin Thomas, who was incredibly indecisive, just like me. Incredibly indecisive. He sent this poem to him because he wanted to encourage him to make a choice, like get up, pee or get off the pot, right? Make a decision. And so he sent this poem to him, and Edwin Thomas uh, was beckoned to either stay in England or come to America and fight in the war. And he took the road less traveled, the harder road in this case, and came and joined the war in 1917. And in fact, it was a difficult choice because he ended up dying in that war. And so this whole call to the road less traveled, to this harder road, in a sense, is what that poem is about. And I believe it's an invitation for us when we stand at this place. Each of us have many different crossroads along the way. Some people are at a crossroads. Do I stay in this relationship? Do I leave this relationship? Do I take this therapy or that therapy? Do I come out? Do I stay in? Do I speak up? Do I remain silent? Do I move or do I stay? Do I try this job or that job? I don't know which ones you mentioned today, but all of us have stood at different times at a crossroads and we've wondered, which path do we take? I don't know what yours was, but we all have them all the time. Which got me thinking about the character Jesus. Did he ever have crossroads? Well, the funny thing is, Jesus was filled with many crossroads. Perhaps the most important one is the very beginning of his ministry. Right after his baptism, he is immediately 
the Spirit drives him to the wilderness. And there he is in the wilderness, and he has to face, what am I going to do with the powers that I have? What do I use the power that I have to do for myself or for others, perhaps? And immediately he meets Satan. Now, the word Satan means adversary. Not the guy in the red suit and the pitchfork, but literally is this temptation to wonder, what do I do with the power that I have? How do I use the power that I have? Jesus was tempted with in the wilderness. He's tempted. The, Satan says to him, turn these, turn these rocks to bread. And Jesus says, we, shall not live, we only live by bread alone. He's taken to the highest temple, and Satan says, drop down here and let the angels catch you. And he says, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And then he, Satan says, I'll give you the power over all of these kingdoms if you'll just worship me. And Jesus says, you shall worship the Lord your God and only that God. So at the very beginning, Jesus wrestles with these crossroads. Later on, I'm sure that when he was at the wedding at Cana, when the wine ran out, when his mother comes to him and says to him, do a little magic, Jesus is wondering, water, wine, mother, wine. I wonder whether Jesus, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, the most dramatic and beautiful phase in Jesus' ministry, when he's there and he knows what's come on the cross, Jesus gets down and he prays and he says to God, not my will, but thy will be done. If there's any way out of this, now's the time. Nevertheless, not my will or thy will. That's a crossroad. The cross is an ultimate crossroad. Where Jesus says to those around them, forgive them, they know not what they do. When he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me at this crossroad? Jesus ultimately says, into your hands I commit my spirit. The whole of Jesus' ministry was at different points along the way coming to that crossroad. So Jesus is someone for us who knew crossroads and knew what it was like. It's just like in the Ecclesiastes wisdom poem that Pam read. For everything there's a season, a time for every matter up in your heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to mourn, a time to weep, a time for tears and a time for laughter, a time for war and a time for peace, a time for love and a time of hate. That is the ultimate wisdom of a crossroad. Now, the word time in that passage is so important. There's two kinds of time, chronological time, minutes, seconds, hours. When's this sermon going to be over? Chronological time, kairos time quality time, sacred time, God time. And so that beautiful wisdom in there, this poem that begins, the, 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 the book begins, life is useless, suddenly this poem, and then in verse 12, the answer, if you will, from Ecclesiastes, which is, no one knows what God has done from beginning to end. Therefore, eat and drink and make merry, for this is God's gift, an ultimate poem of gratitude for the seasons of life. You know, when I was thinking about this sermon, I was thinking, I think I've got to talk about two things you're not supposed to talk about at a dinner party, religion and politics. Thank God we're not having dinner. But here we are, because I believe we're at crossroads, and I want to talk about four briefly. The first one, I believe we're at a crossroads at a in our province with the election that's before us. We are at an ultimate crossroad in this province. I've lived here 30 years. I still call myself Canadian first, but I live here. And I think we're being faced with, the ch with two choices, particularly two choices in leadership. And I believe this election is about leadership and trust. 
I'm deeply concerned that the premier of this promise province right now, almost weekly, is apologizing for things she has said. The take back Alberta might as well be a policy for Danielle Smith because she has to weekly take back what she has said. Whether she has called people who are transgenders pieces of you know what in cookie dough or someone in her party has. Or in the previous party when they talk about LGBTQ burning in a, in a lake of hell. That kind of talk about others is not love and compassion. Or whether it is talking about the vaccines and those who took vaccines were sheeple, or those uh, healthcare workers who, who worked were going against uh, what was fair for those who were discriminated, the most discriminated people being those who were, weren't vaccinated. I'm sorry, say that to our indigenous people. Whether it's one week after the other, after the others, there's continual things that are said in leadership that are either lies or inappropriate. And I believe that this election is one where we have to take back Alberta. I am so, so ashamed when I get emails and texts from friends in other parts of the country talking and laughing about Alberta. We deserve better, stronger leadership with integrity. And I believe the choice is ours. And you can go into that box and you can mark it however you want. But I think we clearly need to say, this is the Alberta, not of the past, but of the present and the future, and which leader will take us there. The economy and the environment go together. They're not opposites, friends. Okay? They're not opposites. And when I say that, there are so many things to say about this, which moves to my second thing I want to say. We're at our crossroads around our climate. Who this week did not think, as you walked through the streets, that we were living in apocalyptic times? The, global, the Globe and Mail this past week called, had an article called Playing with Fire. These fires that we're having now are predicted 50 years ago. But we went like this and pretended they were normal. They're not normal. They are the result of how we live on God's body called the earth. And every political party, because we elect them, must take seriously how are we going to steward and take care of the land. That is a faithful biblical call. How will we take care of the land? Jobs are not number one. What's good a, what is as good as a job if there's no place to work on the land? They go together, the economy and the environment. And I truly believe our call with your MLA is to say, what are you going to do about the environment? If we don't ask, we are complicit. And so we need to be able to say, as we stand at a crossroads right now, we may have missed the boat already, friends, but I don't want to get that depressing. We are at a place where we have to say, what is your climate policy? What are you going to do for us now and in the future? We all might need to take the narrow path, the more difficult path, the path that invites us to use our taxes for the well-being of all and the care of the planet. I believe we're right now at a crossroads with this planet. And my children and grandchildren, if I ever get so lucky, is dependent on how I mark that X in a ballot. I'm not telling you how to do it. I'm just saying to you, as a faithful person, you have to make that choice with the X in your ballot, which is the most spiritual thing you ever do. The third thing I want to talk about is the church. The church has to make difficult decisions all the time. And I'm not talking about Hillhurst United Church. I'm talking about the church. And people have to say, well, how do you make good decisions in a church? Well, in 1988, I was ordained. I moved from downtown Toronto to Pickardville and Clyde, just an hour north of, of Edmonton. 
I was sent there in 1988, the time the church made a statement on LGBTQ plus people. At that time, they said that that is not a barrier for them leading a church. People were in an uproar. Hillhurst United Church in 88 wanted to leave the United Church. We were, we were homophobic. In fact, we were racist, but that's another sermon. We were, we were homophobic as a church. So here I was in my little town of Pickerville saying, how are we gonna talk about this issue? And what I wanna show you is this uh, called the Wesleyan Quadrilateral. This is how faithful people, if you call yourself, make decisions. So in 1988, I met in my little church and said, okay, this is the statement the United Church has made. Where you at? It wasn't to convince anyone. It was invite them into a conversation. I said, what do you think the Bible says? And someone says, I don't know what it says, but I'm sure it says it's wrong. It's got to be in that book. Well, that was the starting point to people saying, we've got an experience we want to talk about. One guy stepped up and said, I was, uh, I, I was molested by my cub leader. The hell I'm going to have somebody like that as my minister. People's experience and their anger and rage about an issue was so palpable, it was incredible. So we took time to look at what does scripture say? Faithful Christians, John Wesley said, say, what does the Bible say? Which forces you to do some work, because you gotta look at the Bible. What does the Bible say about this particular issue, whether it's climate change, or whether it is uh, LGBTQ plus issues? What does the Bible say? The second thing you have to look at is what has the church said through time? Since the beginning of time, what has the church said? What's historically, how is compassion, welcoming the outsider, standing for justice mean? What does that mean as a church tradition? The third is reason. What does my mind tell me beyond the church? What, what are we learning from science? What are we learning about the medical community telling us about LGBTQ+, what does that mean? And the fourth was experience. What's my experience? So here we were, some people who had no experience with being uh, friends or in company with an LGBTQ+, making a decision with no experience. So what was so interesting as we went through that, we just said, we want you to know that we're not telling you what you do, but we want to invite you to this process. Well, that night a woman ran out of the church, literally. She said, I'm out of here. I quit church. This is ridiculous. Well, the next Sunday she came back and she walked in the church. I said, I thought you'd quit church. She said, well, I was watching Oprah Winfrey this week. <laughs> Oprah said, it's okay. So it's okay. <laughs> now, Jesus didn't have much to do with her decision-making, but it just showed you how that influenced her particular decision. Why I show you this is when you're at a crossroads, like churches are, whether it's about this issue or that issue, needs to say, what does tradition, scripture, reason, and experience say to inform our decision-making? That means we do some work. That means we do the narrow path, the hard work. We have done it in this church when the Alberta government gave us wild rose money. They put all the money together and said, if you take this money, you can take it. You can use it at Hillhurst United Church, but if you do, it's gambling money. Now, the United Church isn't against much, but one thing we are against is gambling. So here we held a meeting one evening where we had to have that kind of conversation about scripture, tradition, reason, and experience and say, what does it say to us? And we actually voted down the money and returned it to the provincial government. That's a narrow path to give away money rather than take it. So the last one I want to say is personal relationships. And I'm not going to bleed on you, but I'm going to tell you that in my life, 
When I have faced difficult decisions, I do one of two things. The first thing I do, like I did when I walked in the stores today, is I say these words, God be with me. And then I let it go. And then if I'm at a crossroad, it's really, really tough, I do what my dad said. My dad said this, when your knees are knocking, kneel on them. And so when I do, I get down like this, and I say the words from the Hebrew scripture, Hainai, Leonard Cohen says it in his singing. Hainai is this, here I am. And in that here I am phase, you do the work, you go inside and you trust that you hand over where you're at to God. And then you get up, and then you walk. And whether you go this way, or that way, God says, I love you no matter. You go this way, I'm gonna love you. You go this way, I'm gonna love you. But the discernment to trust and surrender is what we're called to in our individual and corporate life. And that's why crossroads are tough, no matter which road you take. May it be so, amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are thinking about someone who might enjoy it too, we invite you to send it their way and help the podcast grow. We're really glad you're here and we'd love to know what you thought about today's sermon. Leave us a review in iTunes or send us an email at communications at hillhurstunited.com. We'd love to hear from you.